It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tonight, the Cincinnati Bengals lost to the Indianapolis Colts 13-6. They had two touchdowns that controversially, in my opinion, were called back. We'll get into that a little bit later. The lead story tonight will be a quick game recap. We'll touch on the biggest stories coming out of the Bengals' preseason loss. They finished the preseason, of course, 1-3. and three. And then we'll get into the details. We'll go offense, defense, special teams in segments two and three, making sure we get into some of the specific performances that stood out. Now you're locked on Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko, along with Joe Goodberry. The Bengals lost to the Colts in their preseason finale, 13 to six. They had two touchdowns called back by penalties, including one that came after an official review to see if Quentin Flowers' knee was down And then they decided, you know what, we're going to call a pick play, pass interference, touchdown off the board. That's crazy to me. If this is how they're going to use it in terms of we're not checking the call on the field, we're not checking the play on the field, we're checking for any violation on the field, that opens us up to a lot of things, especially on scoring plays where they're automatically reviewed. That means we're going to fine-tooth comb every single touchdown in the league this year. And it was a surprising call to be sure, but I think it was maybe correct by the letter of the law. The block in the back call on Darius Phillips' touchdown punt return was not a correct call. That was a pretty clean block, in my opinion. He got him from the side. But let's not dwell on the officials, and let's instead talk about those two plays because Darius Phillips had left the game as a corner. He had an interception for his final game on defense almost certainly securing his spot on the 53-man roster. And then he had an electric punt return. Looked great, looked fluid, changing direction, looked quick, and then outran everyone down the sideline to score what should have been a touchdown. Yeah, 77 yards, and he makes a guy miss instantly, stop, start. You see the explosion for him. You see the long speed as he gets around the corner. Three Colts defenders were converging, and he splits between them and the sideline and takes it all the way. And from an evaluation perspective, and that's definitely the perspective we have in the fourth preseason game, I don't care that it's called back. Uh, it shows that he is the splash returner. When they need to give Erickson a uh, a playoff here or there, Phillips is going to go in, and he's going to be the one to create the spark, kind of how they rotated Alex Erickson and Pac-Man Jones a few years ago. Darren Simmons has always really enjoyed having that change of pace punt returner, and Darius Phillips won't be on the field, hopefully, nearly as much as Pac-Man Jones was as a starting corner for the Bengals. So hopefully they'll be able to keep him fresh 
maybe use him a little bit more freely than they were able to use Adam Jones. Also noteworthy in this game, Jake Dolagala played the entire game. He came out hot. Started out the game 12 for his first 16, had a nice healthy average per attempt, but finished the game 28 for 43 for 5.9 yards per attempt for just a quarterback rating of 81 and took some sacks that I don't think were necessarily his fault, but there was at least one where I thought he was maybe a little bit slow to get rid of the ball, maybe a little bit slow processing and took a sack he didn't need to. And he was playing with largely the same weapons from the start of the game to the end. Josh Malone, Ventel Bright, and Cody Core acting as the three receivers. But the offensive line, as it started being rotated and getting into the third and fourth string guys that have no chance to make the team, you saw the pressure start to get to him a little bit. But I thought when he did get pressure that he could see coming, he navigated the pocket very well and had some very strong throws downfield. I think he's all velocity and no touch. He had some issues with accuracy as the game wore on. He has a lot of skills and he has a big arm for an undrafted free agent quarterback from a small school, but there's a lot of things missing too. So before you start calling for Jake Dolagala to be the next starting quarterback on the Cincinnati Bengals, let's take a step back and remember that this was preseason game four. Rodney Anderson also left this game with a knee injury, which is unfortunate news, but we don't yet know the extent of that injury. And that is the same knee he injured last year at Oklahoma that forced him to miss the rest of the season with an ACL injury. That's his right knee. You hate to see it. Jeff Hobson did say that he went to the locker room with a not very noticeable limp. So maybe it was a trust issue. Maybe it was an issue where he felt like something didn't feel quite right and it's not severe. But we'll have to wait and see the extent of his right knee injury. The receivers battling for that last roster spot in the wide receiver room all had pretty good games. Ventel Bryant had nine catches for 83 yards on 13 targets, and Cody Core pitched in five catches for 74 yards on 10 targets, including a 39-yard reception from Jake Dolagala early in the game. Josh Malone, two catches for 26 yards on five targets. It's looking like Malone's chances, despite being a young guy with a lot of promise, are slim. While the other guys capitalized on their opportunities, it didn't feel like Malone did. He had a couple of balls that were finally thrown by Dolagala that Malone couldn't haul in. Although Bryant did have two drops himself, I thought Core was the consistent one and made big plays down the field for the first time in a long time. It'll be an interesting decision at wide receiver and at the back of the corner room. We'll have to see what they do. This has been your Cincinnati Bengals lead story from Jake Lesko and Joe Gaberry of Locked on Bengals. Now we'll take a quick word from our sponsor, MyBookie. It's a new season. There are some players that have moved around, a lot of new faces in the AFC North. Odell Beckham Jr. is here. Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are gone. One thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on the games, and that's MyBookie, really the best place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sport book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least 100000 and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So if you think you're good at picking against the spread, 100 bucks, do it all season, see if you can win 100 grand. I might give that a try myself. Sounds fun. Besides the Super Contest, my bookie also has live in-game betting on every NFL game. So if you get the inkling... You have the inclination that the second half of that Seattle Bengals game in week one is going to go a certain way. Go put your money down. You can get up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. You have to make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer when you sign up. 
So go visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use a promo code locked on when creating your account to claim your bonus. We'll be right back. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back with the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Segment two here we will focus on the offense in the Bengals' 13-6 preseason loss to the Indianapolis Colts. And I think first for me, starting off is, I mean, we could talk more about Jake Dolagala playing the entire game attempting over 40 snaps, or 40 passes, I should say. Uh, Vento Bryant had a good game, back-to-back games. He and, he and Dolagal, I think, have a great connection together. Uh, I think Cody Core locked up that receiver spot. Looked like the most complete guy, and if he's the special teams player they tell us he is, then I, I think he's the guy. But uh, I think the big news for everyone here is Rodney Anderson possibly maybe re-injuring that right knee and how that may affect the 53-man roster if he did. Because I, I think... We only kept four running backs, Jake, you and I, when we did this on the other day's uh, podcast because it was Rodney Anderson, not because we felt they, they should keep four. So if that happens, does that open a spot for another quarterback, offensive lineman, wide receiver, wherever you want to go? But uh, that's something we're going to have to monitor, and Bengals are going to have to get a clean decision on this or, or a clean report on this within the next few days. I agree with the premise that you're suggesting there that is the Bengals probably shouldn't keep Jordan Ellis or Quentin Flowers as a fourth running back if Rodney Anderson can't play this year. I also thought Ventel Bryant and Cody Core had respectively good games. Ventel Bryant, as you mentioned, had a couple potentially drops on the books and Cody Core I thought was really productive. He caught the ball underneath on quick stuff and he caught that deep pass, which was a really nice throw and catch from Dolagala. Had a few yards after the catch there. Uh, both of us suggested these guys, Ventel Bryant and Cody Core for the preseason fantasy footballers out there. Neither of them scored a touchdown, but we were pretty correct about the volume, I guess. Yeah, 9 for 83 for Ventel Bryant and what was it, 13 targets, and 5 for 75 for Cody Core. And if you look at preseason stats for the Bengals receivers, they're all pretty low in the yards per catch range. Cody Core with 15 today because of that deep one is a good sign for him because I think a lot of people evaluation-wise – his ability to track the deep ball, fight for it, get in position, and actually secure the pass has been an issue, and it's been an issue for a long time. So to see him catch that one, even though it may have bounced out at the end, I wonder if they would have reviewed that in the regular season, uh, is good. Good points for Cody Core there in his effort to make the roster as the final guy. I was just going to say the same thing about how he kind of bobbled it at the end, and I wonder if that gives you any pause because he didn't complete the catch to the ground, so it's kind of the same concern we've always had. It just went out of bounds this time. Yeah, and the fact that they didn't call it or or review it because Ventel Bryant had a similar play where the ref from the back came in and said, no, incomplete, after they called it complete. Yeah. Also interesting, Jake Dolagala. Let's talk about his game a little bit. He started out hot. People on Twitter were saying, let's keep this guy in the roster. I don't want to expose him to waivers or try to sneak him onto the practice squad. And then the Bengals scored six points and only would have had one offensive touchdown if it stood in the entire game. He finished the game with only 5.9 yards per attempt. 
game started to fall apart for him a little bit. I think with the offensive line changes, maybe late in the game, the run game never got going until Quinton Flowers at the very end of the game in the fourth quarter. And Doligala showed off a strong arm. He puts velocity on everything. He made a really nice throw to Josh Malone when he was rolling to the left in the back of the yeah. end zone that I was shocked got through, but it did, and it hit Josh Malone in the nameplate or in the chest. And uh, it was amazing, really. Somehow it doesn't come down with it. Yeah, it was a much better throw than I f- at first thought. On first glance, I thought that is an ill-advised throw. You should right. not make that throw. But he got it past those guys. But ultimately ends up not having a great day. And I think he's exactly what you want in a practice squad quarterback. But the clamor for him to make the team based on 12 good preseason throws and preseason game four is a little bit much for me. Yeah, because there's really only rostered about 64 quarterbacks in the league. Most teams are with two because you can use that third practice squad guy as your third active game day, you know, due to some rules. If he enters the game, the other two guys can't. So it's nice to have that relief on the on the third quarterback. So I think when I look at him, uh, he really struggled on third downs today. I think there was a lot of throws that either were behind Ventel Bryant two in a row in the first quarter, and then a couple touch throws, one to Cody Core on a, on a flag or, or corner route, that he missed on a touch throw. And there was a few others scattered in between there, but they kept happening on third downs. And a lot of different analysts will have different valuation of what third down means for the quarterback position, but it's his inability to convert on third downs is what limited them to eventually only six points in this game. Uh, But when I look at Dolagala and talk about him being on the roster or or subjecting him to waivers via the uh, practice squad, I look at it as if I don't want to lose Dolagala, but if you do, it's not the end of the world. The chance that an underdrafted guy that from a small school makes it to anything is extremely low. So the bet, the risk is not worth it. Whereas um, I look at it on the other side too and say, well, I like his size. I like his arm strength. I like his willingness to throw it into some areas that really, I don't know if any of the other quarterbacks on the roster can do what he does in terms of the, a few of those throws. Ryan Finley can. He doesn't have the arm strength. And Andy Dalton's normally on the conservative side of, of attempting those balls. So I like that willingness from Delugala. I like the big arm, obviously. I like that he can move. And I like that he's fluid in the pocket. He doesn't have to be a statue. He'll slide step. He'll step up. Uh, he'll try and get away when he can. So I like the traits. If if we're looking at a developmental guy, even if he was the backup, if they had not have drafted Ryan Finley, and this was a conversation between Jeff Driscoll and Dolagala, I might even say uh, keep the young guy, even though I understand you want a veteran as the backup. So I like his traits, and I want to keep those. Whatever the Bengals decide, it's worth it in either way. So other things we learned tonight, John Jerry got a chance to play some left tackle against the Colts' second and third stringers, and it did not go well. He gave up two sacks, I want to say. Yeah, easy ones, too. And earlier in the preseason in spot duty a tackle, he looked okay. Like, maybe he could be the fourth tackle after tonight. I, I don't see it. He's not the team's fourth tackle And if he is, they're probably in a bit of trouble. I still think he makes a team. He's a solid backup guard, I think. But I don't want to rely on him to play tackle. And so that means the Bengals better go find a tackle somewhere, in my opinion. And especially not left tackle. Both come off play action where Dolagala didn't see the the pressure. Obviously, he's heads down uh, selling the play fake. He comes up, tries to step up and away. And Jerry really didn't even slow that. I think his name's Cam Phillips down at all. 
So, yes, I, I look at it like, yeah, he's your emergency guy, but, man, you're in trouble if you got to trot him out there. Uh, it's kind of a shame we never got to see Trey Hopkins get a chance at tackle this preseason. Now the preseason's wrapped up. Uh, we really, really never got to see him there. He won the starting center job. But I just think who would be a better option if they ever had to get to that point? And if you get to that point, well, you probably change your offense entirely anyways. Yeah. Other noteworthy things along the offensive line, Christian Westerman, as expected, did not play. It's hard to envision him winning a roster spot at this point unless there are injuries somewhere, like we talked about earlier, that open up roster spots and they decide they want to take a gamble there. How about the tight ends? Did you see anything out of those guys tonight? Drew Sample had one catch for a couple yards, didn't play a whole lot. Seathan Carter, Mason Shrek also had a, a few catches amongst them. Nothing really noteworthy. Yeah, they- Jordan Franks had the biggest day out of any of the backup tight ends. Yeah, that's right. And for the first time we got to see Franks, they all look like they belong in some capacity, whether that's practice squad or end of the roster somewhere in the NFL. So it's I think it's a strong group for them. Unspectacular overall, but at least talented at baseline level. Uh, Sample got in, got a couple blocks. The run game was just not there. It was non-existent really for the first team offense. Uh, I thought Quentin Flowers, especially in the fourth quarter there, catching the ball, running the ball, he had a couple of really nice runs. The only guy really this entire preseason to break off a couple of runs, and he did it almost back-to-back. He looked crisp. He looked clean. Um, he planted that foot, and he cut up field, and he, you could see that explosiveness in him. Uh, you know, it kind of makes you wonder if you still want to keep him on the practice squad. Just couple, from those two flash runs, is just more than anything any running back has shown for the Bengals this preseason. He has some athleticism there. And when Jordan Ellis had one, he had a 16-yard run tonight. He had 10 carries for 27 yards. He got into the open field a couple times and just didn't look like he was going to make anybody miss at that point. Yeah. He he was looking for the most yards he could get, knowing that he was going to get tackled very soon. Whereas Quentin Flowers is out there making cuts, making guys miss. He had six carries for 46 yards with that 19-yard run. He had a couple longer runs tonight and I think he's shown enough that there's upside there and if you want to practice squad guys for upside then Quentin Flowers is your pick if you want to practice squad a guy who can come up and provide you solid snaps and run between the tackles a little bit maybe do some pass protection although both guys have shown good in pass protection in my opinion Jordan Ellis might be their pick but Quentin Flowers did enough to make it close I think they clearly prefer Jordan Ellis given the volume but we saw some things from Quentin Flowers tonight. Yeah, for sure. And I think this could depend. I, I like your reasoning for why you would ch- choose either guy. And let's say Rodney Anderson is out for the season or an extended period. Well, now you're only keeping three active running backs. You may have to dip into that fourth guy at some point. You may want a Jordan Ellis that may be more game ready to help you. Whereas if if Ander- Anderson's okay and you're good to go with him, I mean, maybe it's just a tweak or a couple week thing. Uh, maybe you say, yeah, I'll go with the upside. I think that's what practice squad is for. Plus, Flowers does offer some punt returnability. He was doing that in this game also. Uh, former quarterback. So, you know, you've got some flexibility with him in, in emergency situations if you're keeping two quarterbacks again. So I, I think, uh, yeah, there's something to debate there or at least hold on to depending on Rodney Anderson's injury. Let's wrap up this segment with a quick discussion of special teams. We talked a little bit about Darius Phillips' punt return in the open. That was electric. I think he's a great change of pace punt returner and could win the punt return job outright because Erickson is a much better kick returner than a punt returner despite his touchdown return earlier in the preseason. Dan Godsill, the backup long snapper, recovered two fumbles. Not going to mention that name again on the podcast, are we, Joe? Dan Gatzel? Oh, man. I I mean, 
he flashed. I thought earlier in the preseason, actually, when they signed him, I didn't think anything of it. And then there was a couple times throughout the preseason where I said, he got downfield very quickly. Look at that guy. And, you know, I, special teams-wise, what your responsibilities and roles, sometimes I don't always understand it because there's levels and you got to, you know, want to uh, not create different paths to zigzag through for the uh, return man. But how fast he's getting down there, I was just so surprised with it because Clark Harris isn't typically downfield that far. And then, of course, it pays off in this game. Not only did he have a tackle, but the two fumble re- uh, recoveries. He gets the game ball for this game, and I think that was the best coverage for a long snapper I've ever witnessed in a game. I've never noticed it before, but I definitely noticed him today. Way to go, Dan Godsill. I might argue that Darius Phillips gets the game ball for his should-have-been touchdown and interception, but... Sure. It's not every day you can make an argument for a long snapper. The last special teams note is Tristan Viscano closed the door on the kicking competition that wasn't this preseason, going two for four, missing a long field goal and a short field goal, showing the erraticism that led to the mistrust, and it wasn't really ever a competition. No, it wasn't, but he has the leg. I thought his kickoffs were strong, uh, some of them actually going to the back of the end zone, and that 55-yarder he nailed off the uprights looks like, I mean, it hit halfway up the goalpost. It could have went from 60. He's just erratic. He's not ready, but I would consider a practice squad spot. Let's get into our second sponsor tonight, and that's Vivid Seats, an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment, be it sports, music, theater, whatever your thing is, and I'm guessing it's sports for those of you listening to this podcast, experiences that will last a lifetime. See, I like the flexibility here because you can use the Vivid Seats app to buy some football game tickets and then take your wife to the Beyonce concert. Yeah, you're going to the Beyonce concert in Buffalo, New York? You could, sure. I mean, she likes that. Uh, I guess I'd have a good time. I'm, I'm not knocking it. I just didn't know Beyonce came up to your neck of the woods. She did last year. Come on now. Enter the promo code KICKOFF when you check out on the Vivid Seats app to receive a discount of up to $100. That's a big discount on Beyonce tickets or Buffalo Bills tickets or Cincinnati Bengals tickets for our audience listening in Cincinnati. Go check them out. Check out that Vivid Seats app. Sign up for the rewards program. You'll get rewards on every purchase you make and $100 off. And every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. We'll be right back. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back with segment three of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Time to talk about the defense, which I actually thought had a pretty good game, one of their best performances of preseason, although the preseason week four is typically sloppy. Holding the Colts to 13 points was pretty good. First and foremost, I think um, just guys who played that I didn't expect to play. Andrew Billings was out there instantly, and I, I noticed him and Josh Tupo as the two defensive tackles. Ryan Glasgow didn't play, or I didn't notice him at all, and I think that speaks maybe some volumes because if you look at the other defensive linemen out there, Kerry Wynn and Jordan Willis, those guys are third-team guys, and Andrew Billings is still out there. So 
that's interesting at the very least. We, you start to wonder where the valuation is of him, not the evaluation. Where do they value him? Is, is it just because he's, he's a nose tackle? He probably only had, what, maybe 40 snaps this whole preseason to begin with because he's not going to play in every down anyway, so maybe they saw it okay to trot him out there. But still, the fact that he's behind or less valued than Ryan Glasgow um, is interesting to me. Yeah, and it could just be, let's get him some work. There are only a few nose tackles on the team, and Josh Tupo and Rennell Wren played the rest of the game, along with Dare Odeyingbo, Emmanuel Turner. And then they started putting some of those undrafted free agent linebackers at rush end with those yeah, two to so tackle. That Odeyingbo, number 90, right? Is that how you say his name? He flashed a few times, actually, in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you noticed, but he's got some athleticism to him, and I think we, we learned that when we did his profile after he was signed. That's right. Let's talk about Rennell Wren, though. This is a fourth-round draft pick that I was on the fence on him making the team before this game. I still am because we saw what he does. He is strong. He can bull rush a guy, and then he can't disengage. Right. He's super quick off the snap, right? Gets under these guys and just bench presses them. His arms are locked, and then that's it. He walks him back another yard or two near the quarterback. Kind of, you feel him in the vicinity, I think, if you're the quarterback there. You kind of feel the pressure. He's not really pressuring you, uh, but he's a big guy in your face. So you, I think it did affect the Colts quarterbacks a couple times. There was one play, also a run to the left, where he just puts one hand into that guard. The guard stumbles back, falls on his butt, and you're like, he's just strong, man. You, you want that. He's a young guy that's got some explosiveness and some raw power. If like I've been the same case I'm, I'm making, if he's inactive, I don't want to lose that upside or that chance that he hits. I think on him, this is like different than Dolagala, right? Because the chances of Dolagala hitting are extremely low, but the chances of a fourth round defensive tackle that high, has high athletic upside and strength and size, I like that chance. I want to keep him on the roster. We should remember at this point when we're talking about the upside that he didn't hit any of the productivity metrics and. In that respect, he didn't hit the productivity metrics that Jim, Jim Coburn, Jim Metrics highlights for guys that are productive starters, pro bowlers, all pros. So there are some reasons to think he might never put it together, but he did test and look like a real athlete. And maybe his production scores are because they're like this game, right? Where he's affecting plays, but he's not making any tackles. He's not getting in on it. He's not actually pressuring the quarterback. He's not getting any sacks. He's just kind of a chaos creator because he's an athlete and a big body that's strong. So, yeah, I look at that, and I also think one other player that stood out a little bit to me was Jordan Willis. He had a sack on the first drive. maybe No, it was the first drive, according to my notes. Uh, playing right defensive end, and it was more of a bootleg thing where he, he stayed home, but you could see his athleticism when he just had to go run and be an athlete. It's weird with Willis because you don't see that athleticism often, and then every once in a while he uncorks it and has to run or chase a guy or do something athletic, and you go, okay, yeah, that that's where he is. And it's that kind of brings us back to his draft year of, I don't think he looks that athletic on tape, and then he tests like a freak, and you go, ah, man, such a weird mix for him. And I think you know this game or this preseason, he always plays well in the preseason. I still wonder if he's on the roster or not. He's maybe got the athleticism that shows up when he's not engaged. And when he's right. in the open field, it shows up because he's not worried about using his hands. And maybe that just goes away a little bit when he has to think about how am I going to disengage from this offensive lineman? What about Andrew Brown? We talked to him on Monday. He's got a chance to make the team. He had a pressure off the edge. He was playing, though, pretty late into this game. What does that mean for Andrew Brown? 
He had a half a sack, too. He split it with, I want to say, Emmanuel Turner. But uh, that was off the left end spot. And, I mean, that's the edge. And he had a couple of run stops, two in a row, I believe, on the third or fourth drive I had listed here. And then, yes, a half a sack. So he flashed again. Andrew Brown did what Andrew Brown does, I think. He causes chaos. I think at times when he's at D-tackle and they run the ball, he's a little susceptible to being pushed back initially. But he usually fights through it uh, in some sort. And uh, gets in on the play. He's got a high motor. I like Andrew Brown. And you just, again, we're at the same thing of, okay, I, I feel like I know who Willis is. I feel like and- I know who Andrew Brown is. I feel like I know who Renell Wren is. They're all got parts that I like that I want on this roster to see if I can uncork them a little bit. Maybe a new coaching staff can for, me, for Willis. And if not, you kind of could waste a potential end of the roster spot. But I think on the defensive line, I'd rather go heavy there. I think that's where they're good. That's where the talent is. And you just got to find a way to make it work numbers-wise. Yeah, and the numbers that we're crunching are really Jordan Willis, Josh Tupo, Andrew Brown, maybe some other guys. But those are the three guys, I think, that are fighting for one or two spots that may or may not be there for them. And maybe go weak at linebacker, right? Hardy Nickerson was a captain today uh, out there. as second time he's been a captain. And the two starters were basically Jordan Evans and Jermaine Pratt especially in nickel. And I think Evans looked great in that first drive. He had two stops. I ended up having him down for three defensive stops in the first few drives. Uh, There was one play in man coverage where he was a little hesitant to cover his guy on the drag and then ended up being beat. You know, if you're a step slow mentally, you're going to be a step slow physically, and then the pass was completed because of it. But overall, Evans looked good and looked like like he always does in preseason, especially when he goes against backups or third stringers Mm -hmm. that he just – athleticism-wise, and and even some power at times. He just stands out against those guys. Yeah, when things start to get a little bit more simple, maybe he can put that athleticism to use more freely, and it tends to show well. The last position, or maybe the last position group we need to talk about is in the secondary, where Darius Phillips came out of the game after an interception. He seems to be a shoe into the roster right now. And then there's a question about Devontae Harris, Tony McRae, and... We haven't seen Kavari Russell for a while, and then Tony Lippett's in the mix, but Tony Lippett came into the game later. Devontae Harris didn't have a very good game, in my opinion. He got beat a few times. Tony McRae still can't defend routes to break inside from the slot. He's not had a good weeks three and four of the preseason, to the point where I think he might have played himself off the team, but I don't know who's going to take a spot if they want to keep a sixth corner, and with Darquez Denard likely to start the year on the PUP, I feel like they have to. So maybe it's just Devontae Harris by default, unless it's Tony Lippett. And Devontae Harris is, is interesting because I don't think he's been bad. He's got like Drake Kirkpatrick syndrome, right, where he's in position. He's actually reaching for the ball. He just doesn't affect the play, really. He's far enough away that the pass gets thrown in his direction and close enough that I feel like he should be defending these passes and he just never finds the football. I this is I made this argument when we did our 53, and I, I think there's some sh- – really backing behind it now the way they use Trayvon Henderson. He played a little bit of linebacker. He's a safety. He played a lot of special teams. He did have the block in the back on the Darius Phillips return. I don't know if that's going to affect him or not. It was kind of a weak call. But point being is he played a lot, and I thought he looked really good close to the line of scrimmage. I noticed him a few times, especially run blitzing. And if if you're going to say, okay, we're going to go weak or, or short, I should say, at linebacker, we may go short at corner, keep five and keep five safeties and Trayvon Henderson's going to play special teams. He he's going to play some uh, linebacker also. And you can use Brandon Wilson as a corner. Also, he played corner in college. He did a little bit for the Bengals there last year. I think you've got some flexibility to do that. If you like those five safeties better than that sixth corner. 
And I was going to mention Trayvon Henderson as well in the run game. I thought he looked really good, made several plays at around behind the line of scrimmage. So I thought he showed pretty well and made a good case for himself if they want to use him as that big, a big dime linebacker where they keep one linebacker safety and a couple of, but he's going to be deep on the depth chart anyway. So just a matter of where they want to keep these guys, where they want the depth, likely going to be some additions to the team at linebacker and tackle from elsewhere. Joe, any closing thoughts on this game as we wrap up the 2019 preseason? No, that's it. That's it for preseason. Uh, I think we feel pretty good. I don't think there's any question marks or incomplete evaluations out there of guys that matter. I feel feel like we've been able to answer any questions we had about most of these guys. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast and for the 2019 preseason. We'll be back this weekend to talk about the 53-man roster after cutdowns on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Look for that episode to come up on Sunday. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.